today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. A report says that there is a gender pay gap, as if we didn't know that. Uh, and it is the widest at the top of the corporate ladder. For every male CEO, a woman makes only 68 cents on the dollar. To talk more about all of this, Tanya Van Beesen is with us, Executive Director of Catalyst Canada and on the line with us now. Tanya, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. I thought. Tanya, are you there? Yep, I'm there. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Tell everybody what uh, Catalyst Canada is. So Catalyst is a global not-for-profit, and our mission is is to advocate for the advancement of women in the workplace. So this is all that we do. Uh, Surprised about this report that we're hearing of today? Sadly, no. And uh, as we embark on 2019, I say sadly with emphasis. (laughs) So how did we get here, Tanya? You know, are, are we... Uh, are we still at the point where we're trying to keep women down? H- how did we get here? How, how uh, are we really stopping people with equal opportunity, equal uh, experience and, and, and so on from, from making equal pay? You know, Scott, by and large, uh, I, I don't look at it that way. I don't see women as victims here, but what I do see are really three things. One is that we have a very outdated view of what leadership looks like. What, what is normal through media, through what we grew up with, by and large, and, and this is true, I think, across most cultures and across most ethnicities, is that we see kind of a white middle-aged man as our definition of leadership. So having women in leadership is not normalized, number one. Number two, organizations need to look more closely at paying equally for equal value. So the value of various positions, um, they differ, uh, but the, the contribution that they actually add to the organization can be very much the same. So we need to make sure we're paying for equal value. And then we also need to make sure that both men and women are taking on responsibilities at home because it's impossible for a woman to get ahead to the CEO or the, or the C-suite if she also has to take care of all of the home care, whether that's elder care, child care, cleaning the house, what have you. We need to start sharing that responsibility. You used the word victimized when we, we, we started talking because the headlines seem to say that. And here's where I have a, a problem with this discussion is we hear that we're victimizing women, but we don't understand why this is happening. And it, it paints the picture that executives are all sitting in a room and they're saying, OK, we're going to hire this female, uh, but we only have to pay her 68 uh, percent of what we pay a guy. Is that discussion happening? Is yeah, that what, is I mean, that what this is about? Because I that because that's what the headline to me suggests. Yeah, I, I, listen. I, I think there is still some conscious sexism out there, but by and large, much of it is unconscious. What I do know is that uh, women come into the workforce when they graduate from university, and by the way, they are sixty percent of university graduates in Canada. They come into the workforce and they are paid less than men. Why is that? It's probably a combination of maybe they're not negotiating as aggressively on the way in. It could be a whole host of factors. But that starting point then compounds over time. And the next job and the next job and the next job, someone says to you, gee, what were you making in your last job? Well, we'll give you a 15% increase over that. And so as you can see, if you start out lower, you will end lower. And as you get more senior, those gaps become bigger and bigger and bigger, With which this... Uh, report points out. 
Do we have to do a better job of educating that point? Do we have to do a better job of 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 explaining why we are where we are? I think we have you know, absolutely, and I think I think this is not to put the onus on women that they have to negotiate differently because many women are very very effective negotiators. What we know to be true is that actually when women negotiate. It's received very differently than when men negotiate. In fact, it's viewed as aggressive. But the reality is we need to uh, we need to educate people on the fact that there still is unconscious bias in the system, that we do not have this normalized view of women in the system, and that we need to change that. We need to sponsor more women to the top so that it becomes normal and this problem will go away. In the end, and, and again, maybe I'm just being incredibly naive here, but in the end, business is all about making money. It's the bottom line, uh, and I would say more so over gender, but maybe I'm wrong here. So if you've got two candidates in a room for the same job, equal qualifications, equal experience, equal pay, um, again, are, aren't you going to take... And assume that the, I shouldn't say equal all the way, but assume that the female is the better candidate and would get the job. Aren't they going to take that female and and pay her what they have to in comparison to other CEOs just to have her advantage because she is a better candidate? One would think so, yeah. But I, I think, again, a lot of compensation negotiation gets based on what you earned in the last job. Right. So this, this thing just perpetuates itself. But you're absolutely right. I think organizations who are forward-thinking, they're not going to discount one person over another just to try and play a silly game because that will catch up with them, and that's a reputational and a brand issue, and you're not going to get your best talent by doing that. Uh, I'm, I guess I'd be, uh, I'd be naive to say that this still doesn't go on in boardrooms because obviously it does. That being said, in the era that we live in now, especially with so much being put on, some emphasis being so much emphasis being put on uh, making a buck, uh, and as you mentioned, the, the university numbers and such, h- how can this not correct itself? Well, the benefit of boardrooms, at least for publicly traded companies, is they actually disclose compensation. Yeah. So that's for the public to see, whereas obviously for all of these companies that are in this report, they only disclose the top five CEOs or the named executive officers. So you have some sunlight into that, um, but what we actually need is a little bit more sunlight, a little bit more ability to see exactly how these people are being compensated. And then we need to, uh, in my view, we need to set targets. We need to be more aggressive. We need to say, hey, if we want women in the C-suite, then we've got to start looking for those women, promoting them, sponsoring them, and holding ourselves accountable if we're not finding those women. The pay issue seems to be a result of where we are, not a cause of where we are. Does that make sense? Um, You know, like to me, this discussion, this headline should be less about the pay packages of a male versus a female and more about what we should do to fix that. And, And it seems less about victimizing women and more about they need better services because they do things like have kids. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think this points in a couple of different directions. I do think if you look at some interesting studies, Girl Guides of Canada did one recently, young women, women aged 13 to 17, they know that they're paid less than their male counterparts in adulthood. So that's a problem because these women, these young women, teenagers, are actually changing their aspirations as a result of that because they believe they may earn less money. So there is a a causation piece here, but you're absolutely right. What this report calls out is the need for some structural and cultural changes in our society. And until we're prepared to make them, 
this problem will continue to exist. Um, until we're prepared to make them. Uh, have they not been made to this point because we're not prepared to make them or because they weren't needed? And now that the 60% of the university population is women, as they make their way through the system, they'll in fact change it because they're driving. Well, uh, women have made up 60% of university grads in Canada for the last 30 years. So, in fact, this problem uh, is old and it's outdated. And uh, I think the, the kind of, let me give you an example of a structural change that needs to be made. We need to encourage men to take parental leave and meaningful parental leave, like up to six months, so that employers become indifferent to hiring a woman or a man. Until we start to actually share things like family care and have more accessible and affordable childcare so women aren't opting out or lessening their ambitions because they need to take care of children at home or elder elderly parents, these those kinds of structural changes absolutely need to be made. I think you just hit the nail right on the head, and I think that is the discussion, not pay equity. I think pay equity is a result of the discussion. Uh, I think this is all about women having kids, and thank goodness that they do. Uh, But that being said, if any executive, if any CEO had to take time off uh, the way the average mother would have to in order to, to, to balance all of this, would they not be in the same predicament as the woman? Yeah, I mean, the real, I think, uh, I, I love your enthusiasm about the kids piece. I don't think it's all about kids because the reality is there are many women out there who decide not to have kids, sure, yeah. uh, yet still suffer this motherhood penalty. Mm. Many, most, with maybe, a, with maybe the exception of the tech sector, most CEOs are beyond their child, at least bearing days. Um, so it is still possible to see, to be a CEO and to be a parent. I think the issue is that as you climb up the corporate ladder through those childbearing years, if that becomes untenable, the balance of the work with the home, then you're going to opt out or you're going to lessen your ambitions. So that's got to become more shared in, in the home so that women can have the same opportunities as men. And then at work, what workplaces can control is we need to pay equally for equal value. So in the report, it talks about the head of HR and the head of legal um, being fairly equitable to their male counterparts, but that uh, in the, the P&L roles, uh, they garner all the big money. We need to look at those jobs and say, okay, is that P&L role, is that substantially more valuable than the HR role or the legal role, or should we be uh, looking at the value of those jobs and equaling out uh, or at least getting closer to equal val- uh, equal pay. Um, but if someone does not, you know, you were talking about before, um, people base their pay on what they are earning or have been earning mm-hmm. in the past. Um, does that mean that you you give jobs to people who don't have the experience of others? There's going to be those that say that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there are so many talented Canadians, men and women, that I don't see that that as being an issue. There are pl- There's plenty of supply out there of very, very talented women who could do all of these jobs and do them very well. Um, however, the um, again, it, it has so much to do with what we call affectionately a catalyst, the pipeline, right? As these as men and women go through the pipeline of the workforce and they start to progress and progress and progress, if you don't have women taking on some of these really what we call hot jobs, the P and L roles, those key decision making roles, 
because they have to balance their home and uh, work lives, then ultimately they will be shut out of these big executive officer roles that the report refers to. So therein lie, it does come back to the kids' situation, right? Because, again, <laughs> they may not be CEOs at 20 and 30, but they're certainly climbing the ladder and, and, and starting their families and such. Is this, getting back to the 60% of, of graduates are female, and you said for like the last 30 years, uh, wow, I, I didn't know it was that long. Um, mm-hmm. How much of an impact has that made? Is it not just a matter of time before it has a greater impact? I want to believe that's true, Scott, but um, if you look at the arc of history, while certainly women have made great progress, you know, since the 50s and 60s, uh, it is still shocking to see this report and the degree to which there is pay disparity. It is still shocking to see that only 4% of Canadian CEOs are are women, despite the fact that 60% of university grads are women. So I, I want to believe with time it will all change, but we've given this a long, long time. And uh, what we know to be true, and in fact, the report bears it out, that those industries that are highly regulated by government tend to be further along the curve. They have higher representation of women. They've got they've closed or just about closed their wage gaps. So some outside intervention makes a very big difference. Is it a cost savings to hire a woman in, in these positions? Do companies look at that? You know, with this report, uh, the talent that's out there, I can hire a female CEO and and save the company some money. Does that work to an advantage? Yeah, no, the report would actually suggest that's not the case. So um, where we do have female CEOs, if we compare them to male CEOs, they're basically being paid on par. So it's not so much a difference where that's concerned. The big gap comes from the fact that Where the big money is, is in the big power position. Where's the big power? In the CEO chair. When only 4% of Canadian CEOs are women, naturally there is a huge pay disparity when you look at the total population. So again, to me, the bigger issue is less about pay disparity and more about putting women on an equal footing so they can attain pay equity. Does that make sense or is that sounding chauvinistic? No, no. Uh, it's it's about getting more women, more female representation at the top. Right. It's about sponsoring more women to the top, and it's about normalizing women in leadership. And are You're we talk? Right. Are we talking enough? And I'm repeating myself here. Are we talking enough about how to get them there? Are we talking enough about these obstacles that are creating this? Whether it is everything from an old boys' club to the corporate culture uh, to the lack of workplace support. Well, I think, in my view, we're talking about it enough. There's not enough action. Mm. So the the action needs to be that every company needs to do a pay gap analysis and look at if there are any gaps and also look at whether they're paying equally for equal value. They need to actively sponsor women to the top. And frankly, they need to set targets for women in leadership. It's not okay to have no women in leadership in your industry, in your company. It's not okay. How has that changed over the years? Are we, are we seeing any sort of uh, positive results, especially, again, going back to the stat that 60% uh, of mm-hmm. the graduates are women? So if you look at uh, companies that do set targets at the board level and at the executive level, they have absolutely made progress. 
absolutely made progress. I'll call out the Canadian banks as an example. They set targets for women on their at their boards. All of the Canadian banks are anywhere from 35 to 50% female representation on their boards of directors. Uh, among those organizations, they also set targets for women in leadership, and all of them would have 30% or more women in their executive ranks. So the, the companies that set targets, like you do with any other business targets, they work hard to achieve them. Would it not be, and again, I go back to the era and, and the times that we're living in, would it not be a deterrent for companies not to do this sort of thing? I, I mean, it just, again, it just, it seems that this is the era where we do this. You're, there's lots and lots of great academic research that bears out the more diverse a group of people you have working together, the more productive and the more innovative you are, there you go. which generates greater financial outcomes. There, so, so at what point does this start to be viewed as an asset as opposed to, what, you know, the old boys club? Yeah. So, so I, certainly many companies have figured that out. Um, we still, having said that, we still don't have enough female CEOs, but many companies have figured out that at a minimum in their executive suite, they need to have that diversity. Um, and we just, this is why I do this work every day, to get more companies to figure it out. All right, Tanya Van Beesen has been with us, Executive Director of Catalyst Canada. A report says there is a gender pay gap, and it's widest at the top of the corporate ladder. Uh, male CEOs making, uh, female CEOs rather, making 68 cents on the dollar to a male. Tanya, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.